Hey guys, you're listening to Soul Food. My name is Daniel and I'm the pastor for a church called Seoul here at Alustar in Malaysia. Now, I'm a curious kind of guy and I love to learn new stuff. So, in this podcast, we will dive into conversations with different individuals that will help us with our views of certain habits and behaviors that take place in our culture. I believe the conversations on this podcast will help us to expand our perspective. This is Soul Food. Let's dive right in. We're back again with Rachel. Uh, once again, Rachel, thank you so much for the last episode. Um, really, we appreciate your thoughts on this. And thank you for allowing me to pick your brains. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited. And of course, with you, I want to get into the real complex, controversial and hard questions. And uh, this question really came about uh, when we were in the clubhouse room uh, where uh, Pastor Andy hosted it. And I asked you about the difference between building resilience and bullying. And, and the reason I was asking about it, and of course, this is among like young people and uh, the work that we're doing with young people. And I began to realize that, you know, um, what can I do, you know, to encourage them? Because like, you know, in our school those days, those tough moments are the ones that make us strong. You know, how like people try to bully you and you stand up for yourself and someone makes a really bad joke and you learn to take it in and like, and and for many years, people would say, yeah, those are the kind of things that would make you tough, you know, uh, built for the streets, for the real world, you know, and and those who who, who can't hack it, that's it. They are, they are doomed for failure, you know. Um, their future is really bleak. But of course, as I begin to grow and I got older, I begin to realize that there's a huge difference between it. And and I'm on this pursuit to really understand it. And I'm sure with the people that you've worked with and talked to. So today, really, like, there's so many methods about building resilience, but is there only one way? You know, like building resilience is like, go, you fall down. You fall down from a bicycle, huh? you got a scar, right? Ah, there, you're stronger now, Arr, you know? But is that the only way, you know, that kind of thing? Like if you're going to school and you're bullied by your friends, yeah, you know, do you tell your, your youth or your kid, like, yeah, learn to take it in. It's okay, you know, be brave. Uh, the worst is you tell them, like, fight back, you know, answer them back. So in your journey, in your counseling, in your training, like, do share with us, like, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's such an important conversation to have. You know, how do we build resilience with children, uh, not just with children in, in our workplaces, with our you know, within ourselves. And and what struck me as you were sharing, as you were sharing that is, is just this idea that we got better or we grew up or we matured out of it, right? But did the scars go away? Yeah. Right? Or do we act from those wounds sometimes because it never, you know, your development gets arrested at a certain age um, when you don't work through these things. And so I want you to think about the child that maybe got bullied for their weight, right? Mm -hmm. And now anytime someone makes a, a comment about their appearance as an adult, all they hear is there's something wrong with you. Mm. And so this person maybe like has taken a lot of time, probably, you know, maybe doesn't have an obvious eating disorder because, you know, we, we view it as, oh, but they don't have an eating disorder. So they're fine. They've, they've matured to it. They're like, right. look at them now. They're beautiful. Yeah. But what does this person actually 
feel about themselves on the inside? Do they feel worthy? Mm-hmm. Do they feel enough? Or are they working out because they're feeling, they're still trying to fill that gap? You know, when somebody makes a comment about their bodies, can they see who they are in the body, in the mirror and, and appreciate it? Or do they only see the flaws because mm-hmm. nobody actually sat down and talked to them and reminded them that our bodies are different? Right. And yes, <laughs> my, my thighs jiggle, my stomach has a pooch, I got wrinkles, I got freckles, you know, and, and my daughter likes to say, um, uh, mama, you, you make the best pillow because it's nice and Ooh. soft, right? Oh, <laughs> and no. so have we, oh. but see, you view that, look how you, look how you just reacted and you view that as a really bad thing. Yeah. I just think it's funny because- right. It okay. is true. My belly is soft. It is. It is, does make the best pillow. I love the way <laughs> you view the world. Uh-huh. Right. Thank you for. Thank you for. Man, my belly makes the best pillow for her. Wow. And she, that's how she's seeing the world. But if I say, "Oh, you can't say things like that," mm-hmm. when you say things like, "Because then, what does it tell her? She's got a belly too, mm-hmm. and it's soft, and it's." Think about toddler bellies or kids' bellies. They're always kind of, you know, big and jiggly, right? What are we telling them in those moments? So I want to come back and and are we making space to process through it? I think it's really what I wanted to be able to say about the bullying is that all because you have moved on from it, it doesn't mean that the scars aren't still there. It doesn't mean that you still don't operate out of that wound. It doesn't mean that, you, you no longer hold on to it. So I, I want to be very careful. And that's how I want to really be able to set up this conversation is that yeah. we see the stuff that's on the outside, mm-hmm. but we don't see the wounds that are still bleeding on the inside because this child has worked very hard to cover it up so that you can't hurt, hurt that child anymore. Right. So, so the, how, how then do we like, you know, like, you saw my reaction. Like, I, I know a ton of people who, like, when kids innocently would say that, oh, your, your tummy is so soft, you know? You're so big. You're so big, <laughs> right? Mama, look, you're so big. Or, um, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, so I, many, so I, I many remember, comments. I, remember, yeah. I heard a child, I heard a child before, and it, it was. My wife and I, we, we were at a mall or something, and, and this kid was like, uh, oh, wow. Uh, no, no, she didn't say, oh, wow. She's like, uh, like, mommy, you're ugly or something because, like, she's got some stain on her clothes and something, but she said it out so loud. Like, I think it was, like, in McDonald's or something, and everyone was staring, and I felt really bad for the mom and all. So, like, like what you're saying is also at the same time, like, if I'm the mom and my, my kid is saying that and... How do I build that then? How do I? It's not easy. The bottom line is it's not easy to come to the point and like and say that, hey, my belly is jiggly, you know, and yeah, it's true. So how do you come to that place? So I'm actually going to, I'm going to bring it back to you and say, you felt it when the child said ugly. Yeah. Right? And I want to ask what happened within you to make you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Something must have happened for you to then 
have the experience of saying ugly is a bad word. Mm-hmm. Ugly may just be a word. This child may just have, you know, maybe it was just a stain or, or something, but you said, man, that must really hurt because likely somebody's probably said something to you that ugly had a terrible, hurtful connotation for you. Ah, I see. Right. And so it's this idea. And, and, and whenever somebody says ugly, you're always going to be triggered. You're always going to be, something's always going to happen within you whenever that word is used, whether it's to describe something, somebody else, because what you're feeling empathy, you're feeling that you're feeling those feelings come up mm. all over again. Right. That's what I mean. When I say, don't take the time to go back to that initial time and say what happened during that moment to Daniel mm-hmm. to give you that idea that ugly was a bad word. How did they use ugly to hurt you? Mm-hmm. And if I can sit down and if I can make space for this child that's being bullied, for this child that's being told that not enough, for this child that is feeling tiny and small and unseen and invisible and hurt. If I can make time to just say, tell me about it. Mm -hmm. How do we work through it? Mm. How do I find you again? Wow. So you know that you're not all these things. Mm -hmm. Because you can sit here. We can sit here and say, oh, yeah, we do this and da-da-da-da. And then we, because we want to use a logical brain to figure it out. But yeah. these, these, it's, as, not, as, it's not going to happen. As you're talking about this, I'm, and you say, like, you know, what does ugly mean to you? And I'm just, I'm just also thinking about the time when I'm growing up and thinking about the times in school when, like, when I was in Chinese school, my skin color is different from most of my friends so they didn't know how to resonate with me you know and and yeah i had this podcast with my sister uh, in last season and we talk about it you know and and the words were one of it was ugly you know one of it was you know you you look different you know you you um you're not one of us so i guess as you were talking about it and it just i was just thinking it through in my head like yeah you know what I guess ugly has a different connotation for me, you know, and has come yeah. to a point where maybe the mom didn't feel, maybe the mom didn't feel anything. Maybe the mom was like, yeah, it's it's just a stain, girl, you know, but for me as a listener, I'm like, whoa, that must, that must it hurt. It hurt all over again. Yeah. Because you were that boy in that school all over again, mm-hmm. feeling different, feeling left out, feeling like, not like the others. You yeah. felt those feelings of like, and that was painful and that was a hurtful experience because, yeah. you know, we all want to belong. We all yes. want to be part of something. We all yeah. wanted, and you didn't understand. And 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 it, was, it wasn't something you could control. It's not something I can't, can't yeah. change my skin color, right? <laughs> and yep. what, and I think more so than that is, what if what they're saying is true? What if I really am? Yeah. What if I really am others? What if I really am not? not as good mm. what if i'm really you know and and it's this idea that like we gotta go back and find daniel the you know however right. old you are the 12 yeah. year old the 13 year old we and what would you tell daniel the 13 year old about his, how old were you 
oh, this this was like seven, eight. This is like oh, primary school, oh, right? Chinese school. Yeah. So yeah. like Daniel the dad now. Mm-hmm. What would Daniel the dad now go back and tell Daniel the seven year old? Who thinks his skin is ugly? Who other people are telling you about his ugly? And and that's why we're having this conversation, right? Because like um, prior before we started this recording, like I was telling you, like we're preparing for my daughter to go into Chinese school. Yeah. And the reality is that this thought is coming out. You know, yes. I mean, over the years, I've kind of like that's why I like I want to I'm on this journey to to build this resilience thing, but at the same time, like. I don't want my daughter to go through this, you know. Yes. You know, if yes. she goes to school, it's exactly and- what you just said because we never really, nobody really addressed it with Daniel. Right. Nobody really, we didn't get to the heart of it, which mm. was how do we heal those things, and and that's what. So you're avoiding the question. We're gonna go back and go ahead and say, <laughs> what would Daniel, the dad, now tell Daniel, the seven year old? That's good. That's a good one, Rachel. What would what would Daniel? I think I would tell him that, hey, you know what? Even though your skin color is different, and but that does not mean you're not a human being. You are a human being. You are loved. Know that you are special. You don't have to prove to anyone that you can do something greater because of your different skin. To prove that that your skin color is making you lower than anyone else. You know, just, hey, you know what, yourself, you know your love, you're supported. That's what I would tell young Daniel again, if I have the chance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what would would young Daniel feel? I think young Daniel would feel bold again. He would feel like he's belong. He would feel like, yeah, things would be okay. You know? Why do you think he would feel to be bold or that he would feel okay again? I think... He would feel that way, I think, because when those words first came out, right? I'm just thinking about those times. Um, it wasn't hurt at first. It was really the the wanting to feel belong, right? You want friends. You you see certain groups, like, as you're talking about it, we go back to school. There's certain group of friends you want to feel belong to, right? The cool ones, you know, and and... And you want to be a part of them, you know. And but then now, because the color of your skin, you know, and uh, because your Mandarin skills is not as good as them, right? And so they they kind of just side sideline you. And and what's worse is that you were forced to be in a. And again, it's not it's not my friend's fault. Like you were forced into a proximity of like my other Indian friends and Malay friends because we had a similar skin color, right? So we were kind of yes. forced into this corner, yes. Um, yes. literally and also mentally, right? And then therefore, um, so for me, I mean, over the years, I began to discover that you know one of my coping mechanism is to always stand out. You know, so mm. my voice has always been one of the factors. So I speak louder, I fight mm. harder, you know, I mm. push harder than ever before. And then that's mm. where people are like, oh, DK is pretty good at this. You know, comment this mm. and, and all. But now as you're talking about this and asking, yeah, I think if I would go back in time and to really talk to seven-year-old Daniel is that, hey, you know what? Um, people are, I guess, also not used to it you know if they're in a Chinese family all their life or they have always been used to a certain skin color and now they're seeing you you're unique 
you know, and no matter what they say, it's not going to change how God loves you even. So, yeah, but yeah. I guess if I would hear that those when I was young, yeah, I think I would be way better, you know. Yeah. yeah. So did you find your answer on what your daughter needs to hear? Right? That's what I need to tell her, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but I think more so than that, it's what the seven-year-old Daniel needs. Seven-year-old Daniel just needed to know that somebody else understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, like, you know, like, it's easy for you now, you know, to go yeah. back. But back, when you think about seven-year-old Daniel, who's overwhelmed, who at first thinks it's a joke, just thinks, ha-ha, it's quite funny, what, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wait, the joke's on me. me. Yeah. Like, wait, like, oh, and then like, and you're worried if I tell my parents, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your parents, yeah. but it's one or two ways. It's one, I don't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt them because, or they'll make a big deal and they'll make, oh my gosh, what if they talk to my teacher about it? And then yeah. there's like an assembly, da, 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 right? Uh-huh. And you didn't want to make, you didn't want them to make a big deal, but you wanted to be able to share that feeling with someone. Yeah. Or were they the type of parents that would say, no, nah, nah, there's nothing, nah, nothing, nah, yeah. everybody also got color one, what, what <laughs> nothing, nah. you know, yeah. you're fine, you're fine, you're, you're very smart, right? Mm-hmm. you're smart, right, you're smart, uh, nah, 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 skin color, nothing one, right, mm-hmm. it's, it's this idea of we dismiss it because we don't, as parents, you don't even know, you're just yeah. like, holy crap, what have we done, I mean, I've certainly, my daughter is mixed, Mm-hmm. She's too Chinese for the Guailos and she's too Guailo for the Chinese, <laughs> right? And like when she hangs out with the Guailos, you're like, wow, she's very Chinese, huh? And then when she hangs out with the Chinese, you're like, mixa, 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 <laughs> right? And, and, and so it was this sort of like wanting to have that conversation that you are mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. We spend so much time pretending that they're not, that they're all the same, and they're not. They're not the same, mm-hmm. and they're so clearly. They so Daniel, the seven-year-old, so clearly knows that he's different. So clearly knows that he's not the same. Like that. so clearly knows that his Chinese is not the same like the other Chinese-speaking people. Yeah, right. I know I'm not, and so when you dismiss it, when you say, "Oh, but you'll catch up," or "But you're good at this," da, 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 still doesn't dismiss the fact that this is still a fact. Yeah, right. Right? And yeah. so so what we want to be able to do is um, meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. I, even as an adult, I get bullied. I get bullied on social media all the time. Yeah. You know, I get bullied on, on I mean, you, it's like, it may be passive aggressive. It may be microaggressions. It may be, I mean, uh, to that, you know, a woman in a man's world. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, gives you the thought. I have to ask permission before. You know, right. like I, I have to. I have to ask permission to be me. You know, uh, I have to ask permission to 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 act a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important in those moments to just have a safe space. And for me, it's it's my husband, or it's my 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 amazing team, mm-hmm. or it's you know safe spaces that I have to be able to say I, I'm incredibly hurt right i'm feeling these things and and i i don't understand and they're not trying to fix it so so there's this idea that they don't try to fix it they just make space to hear this is what you're feeling and right i'm here with you right Mm -hmm. so it's like so you say like you know when your daughter goes through this and you say hey 
there's nothing you can ever tell me that's going to make me love you less. There's nothing you can tell me. And, and I'm going to walk with you through this and it's going to be hard. So it's this idea that I think a lot of times you want to protect our children from the hard stuff. It's, it's not going to be possible. Right. We're not going to be able to save seven-year-old Daniel from a life of like anguish or pain or like bullying, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, look at the Daniel now that has come out of that. Mm-hmm. Those experiences has shaped who you are. And we don't want to take away those experiences, mm-hmm. but it would have been nice for seven-year-old Daniel to have, to yeah. feel like there was someone in there with him. Yeah. Through it all. I think so. Yeah. What what you're, you're really saying is also to really carve the environment or create the environment for the youth, young people or kids to speak up and to to be able to say that, hey, you know what? It's okay. Things will be fine. Because I'm just thinking back, you know, to you got me thinking about seven-year-old Daniel right now. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I would say, I would say it's not about speaking up. Yeah. It's can I make a safe space where safe they space. feel like if yeah. they... Can I make a safe space where they can talk and know that somebody will listen? Yeah. I think you, as, you, as I'm thinking about this when I was young, I mean, my parents are amazing. Um, but it will, it, they didn't like also, hey, Dan, you can talk about this, you yeah. know? And I think if they would, I think things would be very different today. Like I think yeah. the confidence, maybe certain experiences I don't have to go through. But I mean, yeah. of course, I'm happy yeah. where I'm at today right now. But just thinking about it and, and then begin to understand as we're having these conversations that, you know what, at the end of the day, I... I can be so linear with asking the questions like how can we differentiate bullying and building resilience, right? But reality is that my little daughter, she's going to face bully no matter where she goes to, right? Yes. But how yes. am I going to create that space for her that, hey, exactly. love, just talk to me, you know, all right, come on, what is this you're feeling? I don't have the answers. Dad, don't have the answers. You know, guys, I don't have the answers. You're in my team. I don't have the answers. We feel like we're being bullied right now by the world, whatever it is we're doing. Let's talk about it. You know, I yeah, want to hear you. Yeah. So, so again, it's not talk to me, right? It's I guarantee you, seven-year-old Daniel mm-hmm. tried to talk about it in small ways and was just waiting to see if somebody would listen. That what I was actually saying was that I'm having trouble at school. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my friends say this. Mm-hmm. Did anyone understand the? the big picture and you were waiting for somebody to ask, oh, what does that mean? Mm. Right? But if somebody has said, are you being bullied in school? No, I'm not being bullied. It's fine. Everything's fine. Don't take me out of the school. I really like the school. <laughs> Talk to me about it. No, everything's great. It's great. I, like my friends are great. I'm like, everything is good. But, and so we wait, we make that safe space because our problem is we keep thinking, oh, we need to teach our youth to speak up mm. because we're saying it's on our time. Speak wow. up when I'm available. But really what needs to happen is, can I make it safe space that when you speak up, I'll listen? Because they are speaking up. The youth, are, they're speaking up in verbal and nonverbal ways. They're speaking up 
through attempted suicide, is speaking up through eating disorders, just speaking up through isolation, is speaking up by pulling away, is speaking up through pleasing, people pleasing. So we always, the, the, the people that worry me the most in terms of the youth isn't the ones that are, well, I mean, they worry me too, the suicidal and the, the yeah. eating disorders, but they're obvious about it. And, and, and those, those kids are, are, they've reached an extreme that you cannot deny it anymore. You know, they need help. We're going to get you help. I see it. I see it mm. right now. The ones that fall through the crack are the people pleases. The ones mm. that I have abandoned myself. I'm just doing everything in order to fit in, in order for my right. parents to like me, in order for uh, my friends to like me. I don't even know who I am. I'm just pretending all the time. I'm just pleasing all the time. Who am mm. I? Right? I don't, do I actually want, do I even like math or science? No. Do I even want to be a doctor? No. But this is what my parents tell me I have to be in order to be good. Right. Right. So the other people pleases that are like, you know, um, what do you, where do you want to go? Or what do you like wearing? Mm. And you're like, no, I, I just like, whatever's cool. I'm just going to do whatever is cool because I can't rock the boat. If I rock the boat, I'm, I'm going to drop. I mean, I clearly know this. I'm going to drop down the social, the social <laughs> ranking. Right. And I just, I got it. I got I got to keep up. With, like, and I got I to gotta keep up with the, the what's cool. And so I got to, I got to study. I better go learn. I better go make the time. Even though I have no interest in this, I just better make the time to learn and understand what's cool right now so that mm. I can fit in. Mm -hmm. Those are the kids that I worry about. It's the ones that are, the A plus students that are the youth leaders that right. are the volunteers that are, because I just know they're the ones that hurt the most because they're the ones that don't have a safe space to come and say, mm -hmm. I'm really struggling because their worth is tied into look how well I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Those are the people we go save. Wow. Those yeah. are the people we go look out for. Those are the people that, you know, what do we hear all the time? Check on your friends, not just the friends that aren't okay. Check on the friends that seem like they're okay. okay. Check on the friends that, that your strong friends. Check mm. on the strong people. I mean, yeah. we're both leaders. You yeah. totally 100% know that we are not okay sometimes. Yep, you're right. But mm. we don't spend enough time pe telling people that we're not okay too. We don't spend enough time sharing with other people that we struggle too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. also like coming back again to, it's such a simple thing to say, create a safe space, create a safe space. You know, can I make a safe space? It sounds very simple to say, but it's such a hard thing to do, right? Because again, if there's no trust, if there's no love involved, people are not going to know, people are, not gonna, people are going to know, sorry, that you're not genuine. You're just there for the sake of being yeah. there. And my time is more important than your time. So, hey, you better get on my track. And I think that's where we begin to lose people. That's where people begin to, yeah, they will, people please you for a while, like you say, you know, and did some of these images of people and memories of people that have known that have, you know, kind of left organizations, left work, left churches, because after a while, they're like, I'm tired of people pleasing. You know, I'm done. You know, and then they just burn out completely, but actually they just want to be heard, talked to, you know, and they wanted you know. someone to check in on them. Yeah. They wanted I, someone to notice when they were, they got quiet. They wanted someone to notice when they were struggling. 
mm-hmm. right? And didn't know how to ask for help. Like, you know, it's like they like usually the ones that like I'm I'm always the one that like brings the extra castle. That's terrible. Brings the extra casserole or brings that. No, I'm the one that always makes the 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 party. The you know, I'm the one that's like the life of the party. Uh-huh. But nobody actually brings something for me unless they want something. Right, right. Yeah. And so then it's those people we check on, those people we make safe space. So how do you make safe space? I feel like that's a really thing. Yes, that's the next thing I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yes. How do we make safe space? I think one is to, in a, in a lot of our masterclasses, we, we, we do, you know, now it's everything's online, right? And we yeah. do breakout rooms on Zoom, right? Yeah. And what we say always is when they go into the breakout rooms, we say your, for, so we always give each person three minutes or whatever it is. And we say for the next three minutes, I want you to imagine that you're just holding a listening bowl. Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is just listening. And so when that person is going through whatever they're going through and they're trying to tell you something and you, so people will either want to fix it because there's something going on with me. I, I'm uncomfortable with this pain. And so I want to fix, to fix it. it. Yeah. I want you to just listen. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do I make safe space? I just have to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think more than that is that I don't, um, I have to believe Mm. can we say I believe you because mm-hmm. if we're not really listening authentically if we're not really listening um, uh, with wholeheartedly yeah um, then we almost sort of are crafting our reply as they're saying like oh but you're this thing and da 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 right and then because we actually don't believe the experience mm-hmm Right, we're saying no, la, no, but you you have it the wrong way. You if you looked it through That's this the lens, then the worst, it would right? be the that right. And so it's saying, I believe you. That's how you create safe space. You say, I believe mm. you. Again, we're going to go back to this that you're whole, able, and competent. So you share what you want to share. Wow. You share when you're ready to share. I don't call you out. I don't say, oh, but you said this last. So I'm not here to fight you. I'm here to support you. Hmm. I. I you think about Clubhouse. So one of my really big roles about Clubhouse when we host rooms is we don't invite people to speak unless they ask. Because mm. that's something that is saying, hey, you're safe to just come here and listen. That's what this place is for. And when, when you're ready to speak, well, you know, we will, of course, make space for you to speak. But you don't have to speak if you don't want to. Mm. That's such a powerful thing to create space, safe space. Because what do we do with the youth all the time? Speak up. (laughs) I'm going to give you the mic and you have to speak up and you have to tell me how you feel. And does that feel safe? I want you to think like in a room full of people and like, this is cute guy. This is cute girl. I like, there's all these cool, like there's the cool older youth that I'm yeah. trying to impress. And like, what if I say the wrong thing? I mean, at least let me craft my answer so that I can like feel a bit more confident. <laughs> right. And then, right. And so think about how we make safe space. We make safe mm-hmm. space by saying, Hey, I will accept you for when you are ready, when you are. And and in the meantime, maybe I can say, hey, um, I'd love to hear what you have to say sometime, but when you're ready, it's an Mm -hmm. invitation, right? So a safe space is always an invitation, but it's not forced. It's um, a safe space uh, makes you feel heard. Mm -hmm. 
allows you to feel validated. I think most of the net, a safe space, again, I want you to um, imagine that you, you come together. No one is above and no one is below. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very often we think of it as, oh, there's a teacher here. There is the leader here and you are mm-hmm. the listener and you are the follower. But if you think of it as there's no one above and there's no one below, we're all equals. We're all learning. We're all sort of just, that feels mm-hmm. like a safe space. Cause then it doesn't, if I'm the one on top, then I'm always, oh my gosh, I have to present myself in a certain way. I have to be, <laughs> yeah. gonna make sure I remove all the flaws, guys. Gotta be perfect. Lots <laughs> of kids looking, you know? Yeah. Um, and if I am the one that is like, const- oh my gosh, look at me. I, like, I constantly need someone to tell me what to do. I'm so terrible. I'm like, I really am not worthy. Like, you know, cause that's how, that's how, so youth leaders come into it, right? <laughs> you have to, there's so many things you have to improve. There's so many things you have to change. There's so mm-hmm. many things you have to, what does it ultimately say? It means you're not enough. Wow. Does that feel safe? Yeah. I discovered that long time ago. Yeah. When you're yeah. not careful, yeah, you just yeah. really not validate that person. I, I like how <laughs> interesting this conversation is going. I, I came here with one linear vision about <laughs> bullying. <laughs> Right and and building resilience, but as we are talking, I begin to realize that actually bullying is is just something there, and and that's something that we cannot control because at the end of the day, um, people choose to do some say something nasty or do something nasty that's that's really them, right? But us, me, uh, my community, the people around me, what can we do? And Again, it sounds so simple, but it's such a hard thing to achieve. And I, I, and this is my prayer, my hope that all of us could really move towards a direction, you know. And I know there are a lot of organizations that are doing that today, you know. And that's something that I'm very happy about. Um, but to really build and make that safe space, you know. And as you were talking about the youth days, I, I, it sounds like you went through that as well. Because I, I remember my youth leader was like, "Here's, here's the mic. Tell us how you feel. You know what you're going through." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what?" Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm not going to do that. So yeah, and and I think this conversation again goes back to when I am able to create that safe space, that person actually becomes stronger. I become actually really strong. You know, if I'm yes. going back again to seven-year-old Daniel, if there was that safe space for him, I think that say eight-year-old Daniel, nine-year-old Daniel would have taken on the world. He yeah. felt like he could really take on the world and he felt that, you know, at the yes. end of the day, I've got a, such a good support system. Yeah, you can say whatever you want to say, you know. I mean, of course, I, when I say this, I, I, I'm not being reckless, but what I'm trying to say is that with that safe space, I am stronger. I am validated, you know. Yes. I have someone that believes in me. And just like any other kid or youth, you know, we need someone to believe in this. Um, I, I, I posted a question to you and, and I want I would really love to hear your thoughts about it because this is really interesting, right? So then again, when it comes to the context of creating a safe space, then when they are in that safe space, I'm sure there's a huge difference between making a joke and bullying, right? <laughs> so what are your thoughts about that? We have a very simple rule with our uh, newly six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Kids get it. You know, the younger they are, the quicker they get it. Right? It's it's as we get older, we we think we we suddenly have different rules, right? Right. And actually, the six year olds get it, the five year olds get it, the four year olds get it. And the rule is that does it feel good in your body, and does the other person feel good in their body? Mm. 
That's it, right? And so it's like, what's the difference between a joke and bullying? Does that joke hurt the other person? Mm-hmm. We very often think sarcasm is funny. We use sarcasm as a, as a way to shame. We use sarcasm as a way to bully. Mm-hmm. Um, or we, we uh, <sighs> this, this is a really simple example. And, and I'm going to go back to my six-year-old again. It's so weird to say she just turned six. So I keep wanting to say five, but she's six. Um, and we were in the car and we're playing with, and she got a marble. And we're playing this game where it's like, guess which, which hand has the marble, uh-huh. right? And and then so we you know and and then halfway through she takes the marble puts it away, and then so actually both hands don't have the marble, mm-hmm. right? And she laughs and I said, oh that didn't feel good. I didn't feel good when that happened, right? And she, and she's like, oh it was meant to be a joke. It was meant to be a funny, but I can see that that hurt your feelings because then none of it was right, and, and that wasn't what I was expecting, and that wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. Right. So then I want you to think of something as small because it was what I tricked you. Mm. I teased you. It didn't feel good when I tricked you. And, and so often, how many times have we done that to our child? Mm-hmm. And they get upset. Right. But like it, it may not be a big upset. It's just like, oh, that didn't, that felt like, what are we doing with as a grown adults with bullying our kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because how is that different from we say something about a child's appearance, mm-hmm. right? And and it doesn't feel good in their bodies when we say it. It's so smelly, like you. Right. And to us, it's a joke because it's funny and it's like, oh, but I didn't mean anything by it. But mm-hmm. did that child feel something out of that? Did that child feel othered? Mm-hmm. Did that child feel bullied? Absolutely, Yes. So very often in our family, what we say is that if 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 it doesn't feel good for the other person, then it's not funny. Mm-hmm. It's not a joke. Right? So a joke can't hurt the other person. And so when we tell jokes, I can tell you lao wat bodo all day all day long. Yeah. Right? The, like like let me tell you lao wat bodo. Okay. Binatang apa yang paling selfish? Binda what? Binatang. You know binatang. Binatang Animal. apa yang paling selfish? Yeah. Shellfish? Kuda sebab kedekut, 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 kedekut. <laughs> How can I fall for that? Oh my God. <laughs> That's a joke, oh right? Gosh. It's funny. Were your feelings hurt out of it? Nah. No, right? Maybe the kuda lah. The kuda might have had his feelings out of it, right? But And so a joke has to feel, both of us feel like, ha, ha, ha. It feels good in both our yeah. bodies. We don't both feel like, oh my gosh, like, why did they do that? Why did she do that to me? Like, that wasn't nice, right? Now, imagine if I made some joke about, ha, you know, like, you're something about you being a dad or based on information that I've learned in this interview. That's what right. people do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the joke. But it's what it really is. It's, it's a backhanded, passive aggressive, like it doesn't feel good in your body. Yeah. So it's not any different. <laughs> I, I'm loving right? your, your answer, you know. Yeah. The, a yeah. couple of years ago, you know, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, hey, come on, lah. it's just a joke. Cannot take a joke, is it, bro? Come on, lah. right? Hey, hello, hello. It's me, lah. it's me, right? But, you know, along the way, you begin to see friends that are hurt, 
friends that yeah. they get annoyed, you know, and it became a rea- a reality check. Like, do you want to become this kind of friend? Like, you know, then you don't want people to say this about you. Why? Why are you like laughing about these things and all? And you know, it it took time and effort because cult in the culture, the behaviors. Yes make it like a norm, you know, and yeah. um, leaders were doing it, um, people who were older doing it, you know, and then you're kind of like, if you can't take it, then you're weak. <sighs> so, and I man. think it's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest and say, I think it's harder for men. Oh yeah. Because there's a men, like there's a culture in which we have to put down each other. We have to like, you know, attack yeah. each other in, in, in really sort of, and also take the and, and and yet it's like socially acceptable that yeah. I'm saying these things about or like you know one of the the, the things that that like, I always get like I'm just like that's disgusting <laughs> is men go around they talk about women's bodies or their wives mm. or you know like oh like oh I like I tap that you know <laughs> so funny uh, you know and and this idea that it's it's okay. but it's hurting someone. You know, but it's it's okay because we're bros, because it's it is funny what you know, da, 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 yeah. you know, or um and I think think about what our whole conversation has been has been about making safe space. Yeah, it has been. So does that feel like safe space? Does that allow that person? I want you to think like you're making jokes about your friends, you're making jokes about what they look like, you're making jokes about what they do, you're making jokes mm. about like the person that they are. Does this person feel safe enough to tell you if their marriage is falling apart? Does this yeah. person feel safe enough to tell you like they're suicidal or they're having really just having a really hard time? And, and I want you to think about for you, it's that, man, I would give up my life to, to help this guy. I love this guy. This guy is my bro. Like I would, I would, oh my gosh, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't, you know, so, maybe, so often we say that, like, why didn't they, I would have come at the very second. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't really make, you just made fun of him. Mm. Every time you saw him, you just, in some way or another, you told him he wasn't enough. Right. And then you expect him to turn around and say, ha ha, so funny. Mm. You bullied him. Yeah. But it's just that we've just somehow just said, but that's not bully. Mm. Right? And then you think about what is the purpose of safe space? Yes, safe space is important. Yes, that's been the heart of what we talk about. The safe space is just a bridge. Mm-hmm. It's not the end game. It's not the big picture. The big picture is I want this person to know that they're all able and competent. I want this person to come into their own. I want this person to be able to know that like, no matter what life throws at them, I believe in them and I want them to believe in themselves. That's what that safe space does. That safe space says, like, there is nothing that can ever happen to you that does not, um, that takes away from who you are. Right. What do you think about this great big God that we believe in, that this great big God that like died on a cross for us, this great big God that like would humble himself and and be human and, and take that fall for us. That great big God made safe space for us to be human, mm-hmm. for us to fail every day. Yeah. But when we believe in this great big God, when we know that he's got our back, He's not going to tell some silly joke. He's not going to make fun of us behind our backs or to our faces. When he makes that safe space for us, who are the people that we become? Right. I became Rachel Quartz 
because I have that safe space to know that even in my failures, even when people bully me, even when, and I fail every day, even when I'm a shitty mom, even when, you know, even when I say things that I regret, yeah, I have the safe space to know, and I do my best until I know better. And when I know better, I do better. And I made a mistake today and I didn't like how this ended or I don't like, I'm having a hard time or maybe I need some help, mm-hmm. but I know who I am and I know who's I am. That's wow. what a safe space does. Rachel, thank you so much. Um, I can't thank you enough for this conversation. Thank you for digging into my history as well today. But I think one major takeaway for me and, and has been resounding so loudly throughout this episode is safe space. And you know, to all the listeners out there, you know, are we creating a safe space? Do you feel like you're in a safe space? So I think mm-hmm. these are the things that we really, you know, make us whole, able and competent. Well, you can find Rachel Quez on IG as well. It's it's an interesting Rachel, R A C H E A L, right? K-W-A-C-Z. You can find her there on IG and her links are all there. Uh, Once again, Rachel, thank you for your time. I really appreciate this conversation. And also, again, I really hope to have you back on this podcast again. Take care. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Soul Food is part of a community and we believe that connections matter. Follow us on our Instagram at Soul Malaysia or mine at Daniel Quillen. And we would love to connect with you. Send us a DM if you've got any questions. Thank you for listening and do share this podcast with your friends.